Welcome to Covenant Conversations, episode number six. Today, your hosts, Peter Vashkarit in New York and I, Shweta Rao in London, will focus on raising liquidity through loopholes using Hertz and Avis as case studies. Hey, Peter, how are you? Good, Shweta. How are you? Good. So COVID-19 has had a substantial impact on the transport sector, trains, planes, and automobiles, and shipping. We've been getting a lot of queries on Hertz and Avis and their liquidity concerns. Why is liquidity a particularly pertinent issue for these car rental companies? So the car rental agencies have uh, very unique structures. Um, both Hertz and Avis have corporate structures, which has, um, you know, they both have term loans and, and revolving credit facilities and then senior unsecured notes. Hertz has uh, one series of uh, secondly notes. But uh, each company also has an entirely separate securitization structure, and it is in this uh, securitization structure uh, where all of its fleet vehicles exist. Um, the securitization subsidiary buys the vehicles and then leases them to Hertz and uh, or Avis. Um, now, what, what's interesting about this structure is that um, under the securitization structure, they need to maintain a, um, a, a certain minimum collateral value. And of course, the, the value of the collateral, which is uh, the fleet of vehicles, is all based on um, the price at which they can sell the vehicles in the, in the used car market, either at auction or just at secondhand, uh, secondhand uh, dealers. Um, now, each of uh, Hertz and Avis's uh, vehicle fleet are made up of two types of vehicles. One are called uh, program vehicles and, one are call- and the other is uh, are risk vehicles. The program vehicles are subject to repurchase agreements. Um, and so the cars that are subject to those agreements, you know the value um, of those cars, uh, given they are whatever, um, whatever the manufacturer will purchase them at. Now, the other set of vehicles, the risk vehicles, which make up the vast majority of both companies' fleets, are, um, are, those, are the risk vehicles that, um, that need to be sold in the secondhand car market. Of course, with um, travel kind of completely shut down, with people staying in their homes, as you can imagine, the, um, the secondhand car market has, has kind of plummeted. The prices have plummeted. And so there is now a big risk that the value of all of uh, Hertz and Avis's fleet of vehicles um, is, is, is not even going to come close to meeting that minimal collateral value. When that happens, both Hertz and Avis need to essentially provide um, credit enhancement in the form of or what has been in the form of letters of credit. That's why um, if you take a look at both companies, they may not have much drawn on their revolving facility, but they each have hundreds of millions of uh, uh, outstanding but undrawn letters of credit. Right. So they're being affected both in terms of revenue from their rental uh, revenues and also from the decline in used car prices. That's right. Um, so with the lack of travelers, uh, the company is not, um, you know, not booking any any travelers are not booking any uh, rentals of, of their cars, so their cars are kind of laying dormant. Um, and then on the securitization side, the value of the cars that are now laying dormant um, is, is, is decreasing every day. So um, on the corporate structure, you're going to need liquidity to kind of essentially just, you know, run the, the, you know, the small operations that they still have going. And then on the securitization side, they're going to need to provide credit enhancement to make up the value of uh, of the of the the risk vehicles. So this is an industry specific um, structuring issue, if we can call it that. And you've been following Hertz for over three years and have reviewed their corporate bond documents. 
as so brave as. Are there any loopholes in their corporate bond documents that will allow them to raise liquidity? So, yeah, as you can imagine, um, both companies' bank debt are, are you know, somewhat restrictive in, in terms of how much additional uh, secured debt and especially how much additional first lien debt they can incur. But where it gets interesting is that um, through a series of uh, either aggressive provisions or, or kind of um, badly drafted language, um, if you were to get – let's just say uh, – let's put the credit agreements aside for this for, for a moment – if um, if Hertz and Avis's secured debt capacity were governed by by its notes, even by Hertz's second lien notes, um, they would have at least somewhere between three and four billion dollars of secured debt. Um, and 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 what what's, what's kind of amusing is that not only do each of these not not only do all of these companies' bonds have holes in them, they have the same holes. It, it's it's almost as though um, you know, both companies started with the same form indenture and just, you know, have, have used it since they've started issuing bonds. Uh, Hertz issued new bonds last year uh, with the same holes. And it, it just seems that um, either maybe it was intentional, maybe just people haven't caught on, maybe, you know, they didn't think it was necessary given the restrictions in the bank debt. It, it, none of these holes have kind of ever been sealed and they continue to permit, um, you know, vast amounts of of secure debt capacity. The, the first, the first kind of big hole is that, um, both all, in all of the, in all of the bonds, uh, they have, um, you know, they have existing debt and lien baskets. And typically in bonds, they, those baskets will carve out debt under the credit agreement at issuance. Now that makes sense because if you did not carve out the bank debt from the existing debt and lien baskets, you could just kind of say, okay, I incurred the, the term loans and the revolver under those existing debt baskets and the credit facilities baskets, which are almost always the baskets where the issuers will are permitted to incur debt under their bank debt um, would would be unused at issuance. So um, in Hertz and Avis's all of their series of notes, the the existing debt and lien baskets, they carve out intercompany debt, but not credit facility debt. Um, again, I don't know if that – it looks to me like that was a mistake. Uh, usually it carves out the, uh, the, credit, the, the credit facilities basket, as I mentioned. Here it carves out the intercompany debt basket. But regardless of the intent or the reasons behind it, what that does is it allows Hertz and Avis to uh, reclassify outstanding debt under the credit agreements at the issuance of each one of these notes as having been incurred under the existing debt and lien baskets – and then have um, fully untapped credit facilities baskets at issuance to incur um, secure debt up to amount that was intended to have already been used by the credit agreement debt outstanding at issuance, but under the documents does not have to be that way. That's quite enough market flexibility. Um, it is. It, it um, of of all of the kind of holes that you'll see in bonds. This is uh, one that is particularly off market. It, it rarely have I seen. Um, bonds that 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 do not carve out um, the bank debt from the existing debt and lien baskets. That's true. And you mentioned it's in all of their bonds. It's it's in all of their bonds, including the second lien notes, which were issued a few years ago. I, you you'd think that um, they might correct it uh, even now, but uh, as of now, they have not done that. Right. What was the second one? So the second hole is uh, what I'll begrudgingly refer to as uh, the hooky duke uh, liens basket. 
Um, I don't particularly like that term, but um, people do understand what it means. Um, what it does mean is it is it is a basket that says um, Hertz and Avis can incur liens securing any credit facilities or under Hertz's debt, any bank indebtedness. Um, both credit facilities and bank indebtedness are defined broadly uh, under both companies' debt documents uh, to refer to bank or capital markets debt. Uh, so whereas normally you'll, you'll have a liens basket that will say lien securing debt under the credit facilities basket, not to exceed $100 million, this turns, turns it kind of on its head and allows liens on any credit facility, which because of the broad definition um, means any permitted debt. So these liens baskets will allow Hertz and Avis to secure any permitted debt that they are able to incur. Uh, one important distinction is under the second lien notes, um, this the hooky duke liens basket can only be used to secure debt that is junior to the second lien, uh, to the second lien notes. But again, it's 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 better than uh, it's better than unsecured debt. But so this is yet another hole that will allow the company to incur a significant amount of additional secured debt. And the third loophole? The third and uh, final uh, hole in these documents actually is only in Hertz's second lien notes, but it still um, allows the company a significant amount of flexibility. What it is, is it is a liens basket. It's a leveraged liens basket that allows the company to secure um, any permitted debt by um, by junior liens. Um, and so uh, what what the provision, what, what it says exactly is it says, um, on the date of incurrence of such indebtedness, other than refinancing indebtedness, uh, in the case of liens incurred pursuant to this basket, the secured leverage ratio does not exceed four times. Um, now, I kind of breezed by that, but I wanted to come back to one major point. It says that the company needs to meet the four times test um, to secure any debt, and then it says other than refinancing debt. So how I interpret it, and it's a you know fairly reasonable um, fairly reasonable interpretation, is that the company can access this leveraged liens basket to lien up debt um, if it can meet a four times test, although it does not need to meet the four times test if it's incurring refinancing debt. Um, now, what this will uh, eventually allow the company to do is not to incur new money secured debt, but it will allow it to secure any existing debt. So effectively, the, the company can refinance all of its unsecured debt with um, with parry lien, so it's it's going to be second lien debt, but but still it's it, it's better than unsecured debt. Um, and because the refinancing indebtedness is carved out from the debt that needs to meet the four times test in the leveraged liens basket, the company will be able to refinance all of its unsecured debt with second lien debt uh, without having to meet a leverage test. So again, it it offers a a good deal of flexibility. It's not as bad as the other ones. Uh, because the other ones kind of allowed for more uh, first lien debt, uh, but it still allows the company the flexibility. And when a company is kind of going into distress, um, pretty much any secured debt is better than unsecured debt. So, um, again, another hole that allows an awful lot of flexibility for Hertz. As always, the devil is in the details, and we need to read the covenants very, very carefully to see what flexibility is hidden in there, intended or unintended. At the moment, Hertz and Avis have bank debt documents which restrict the amount of debt capacity, priming debt capacity they can incur. 
but should those bank debt documents be refinanced uh, or discharged, then the bondholders would be potentially subject to debt dilution or even subordination. All very interesting. Thank you, Peter, for your inputs on the three big covenant loopholes in the documents of Hertz and Avis. As always, if listeners or subscribers have any queries, they can reach out to us and uh, we shall keep you updated. Have a good day, Peter. Uh, You too. Take care, Shweta. Bye.